Yeah, I made I made such a big deal about it, Joe Burrow not making another Super Bowl. Not- if the very next year after I went on Twitter and had so many arguments with people about Joe Burrow never going to another Super Bowl. If he goes to another Super Bowl, the very next year after he goes to the first Super Bowl, I'm gonna have to hide. I'm gonna have to <laughs> put my head in the sand or something. I can't. I can't show my face around Twitter. If that boy goes to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, you gotta eat it, bro. You don't have any uh, personal hygiene. Secret, a secret little lotion or a secret little. Oh man, I mean, not with them powder and stuff like that. I mean, I got a little black suit, but uh, other than that, <laughs> you ain't, yeah, I ain't got no powder, brother. What you mean, like a charcoal soap? Yeah, it's called, uh, I don't know if it's called charcoal soap, it's black soap, it's black African soap. I used to wash my face with it. White people can't use that? Yeah, anybody use it. Okay. I don't use it that often, man. I just, I just really wash my face, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't. I don't have no secrets, bro. Besides drinking a lot of water, that's it. One time I went to Dillard's, I was looking for a cologne. It was called Gucci Guilty Black. Now, I don't know if you remember the story. I think it was might have been a Dallas Cowboy player. He got busted for shoplifting. Hey, he stole some drawers. He stole the Gucci Guilty <laughs> Black. He stole the cologne. That and some drawers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you remember the player? Yeah, I, I, he's in jail right now. I can't remember. Let's, uh, let's look it up. He's a running back. Oh, God, what's his name? Joseph Randall. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Anyway, this Gucci Guilty Black, it was in the news, right? Because the guy has stole some Gucci Guilty Black. So I'm like, I want to smell it. So I go to Dillard's, they sell it. So I'm, I asked the lady, it was a black lady. I asked her, I said, you have Gucci Guilty Black? She said, yes, we do. I said, I want to smell it. So then I smelled it. And then I asked her, I said, I have a question for you. I was like, can white people wear this? Man, you wild, bro. <laughs> man, it's cologne, but man. But it's Gucci Guilty Black. I don't know if the black stuff oh, or something. On, I don't know. <laughs> come on. Maybe. <laughs> she just looked at me. She said, yeah, man. Yeah, I'd have been like, oh, dude, really? <laughs> oh, bro, you wild. That's bro. a true story, bro. You wild, bro. Speaking of the Cowboys. I don't think they played that bad. That was the best game of the weekend. Phenomenal game, man. The total, I mean, a total team. I was very su- pleasantly surprised that they matched the physicality. You remember I told you last week, I was like, man, it's just a bad matchup. But they played a very physical football game. It, it, it caught up to them at, towards the end of the game, but great game, man. You just don't have the trigger, man. They just played against a team that's better than them. They played well. They didn't play. They didn't play a bad game. They played a good game. The team that they played is just a better team than them, so they lost the game. I mean, that's gonna happen. Sometimes yeah, your best. But, sometimes I mean, your best is not gonna beat your opponent. You know. Well, let's just be real about this. I mean, we're gonna just. Dak Prescott is the reason we lost that game, completely. I'm, there's nobody else. It's Dak Prescott. You know, like you paid for a Ferrari, but we're driving a Kia Optima. <laughs> I mean, it's just. He just don't, he, he just can't, he's Kirk Cousins, man. I mean, that, that's what he is. He's Kirk Cousins. He's a roach. When the lights come on, he's a roach. There, there's nothing else I can say about it. He cost us that game. Like, the two, both interceptions were like, dude, like, are you serious? I mean, it wasn't even close. Yeah. 
Like, what were you looking at? Yeah. And you cannot do in a in a game that's that evenly matched or being played at that level. You can't turn the ball over like that. You know, and they had they had another one that should have been a pick six. You know, I'm not I'm, I can't defend him at all. I can't. I can't. I've said it for a while, for a couple of years now. He's just as good as he is. He's never gonna get any better. Jerry himself, you know, him saying after the game, man, um, it, it's just sickening. You know why it's sickening? Because you got fleeced by Dak Prescott. Yeah. And he knew it. He knew it the whole time. That's why he would not pay him. You know, when it could have been 28, he, Dak was like, no, and he just wouldn't pay him. If you know anything about Jerry Jones, he takes care of his players, especially the ones that he drafts. He didn't want to pay him because he knew it. He knew it. He knew it. He knew it. And it just, in, in this game right here, I think this was our best chance to get there. And you just blew it, man. And on, on a couple of those throws, he missed some throws also. You know, if you go back and watch the game, he was forcing everything to C.D. Lamb. Now, granted, I think we could have used Amari Cooper. That was a bad move by Jerry, giving him away to Cleveland. We could have used him in that game. However, if you go back and watch some of the throws, the interception by Fred Warner, forcing it to C.D., I think even uh, Fred Warner broke out and covered him on a seam route. You look at the left, see why Hilton's gonna hit his head on the goalpost. Yeah. Why do, I mean, like nobody's on him and you're throwing it. So, I mean, it, this, this loss is on that, man. I can't put it on the rest of the team. They, they went out there and played. What about McCarthy? Now, he has still, I mean, he has some clock management problems, but I mean, I can't say that he, he had nothing to do with losing that game. That was Dak Prescott. Mike McCarthy has back-to-back double-digit win seasons. I'm a, this is an interesting point. Um, we're talking about this game right now, but I think we might, we might touch on that a little later. But there's not really a whole lot of difference between Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton as record-wise. Right. Uh, people don't realize that. Oh, man, Sean Payton, Sean Payton. Yeah, I love him, too. Because uh, of the presence, I mean, you just feel like he's a better coach. But actually, that's not the case. Yeah. They're very similar. So, I can't put any of this on Mike McCarthy. I, I just can't. But a lot of Cowboy fans are putting it on Mike McCarthy. Well, because they want Jerry to fire him and go get Sean Payton. But is that really going to make a difference? Yeah. I mean, you have, this is on Dak Prescott. Like, stop giving Dak Prescott a pass. I'm tired of hearing the same crap every year. I just got to get better. I just got to get We've seen it. This is year eight, seven, eight. This is it. This is what you got. But if, but if you were willing to give Jameis Winston a little bit of leeway with Sean Payton, because you said that, you said he was starting to look good under Sean Payton. So you were kind of giving the credit to Sean Payton and no credit to Winston, and that's fair. Whatever. That's not the point. Wouldn't you think that if he would get a hold of Dak that it would be much of the same? Or do you think Jameis Winston is better than Dak? Because I think that you were, I think you were even saying yourself that you think if Sean Payton could have had more time with Jameis, Jameis might have been able to round that corner. Maybe. So, so in theory, if you give Dak Sean Payton, he would be able to round the corner. I, I don't know, man. We I mean, see flashes from Dak. We see good stuff from him sometimes. And not when it's time to perform. No, when not, the not, are, not in the, I mean, the lights are bright. Anybody can do this during a regular season, but when the lights come on, you got to get it done, especially. When you're getting paid $40 million a year, man, I mean, this guy's made $95 million this last two years. You're paid to to get it done. Yeah. There's no excuse. There's none. Yeah, especially when you look on the other sideline and you see Brock Purdy. I mean, that that's the that's, that's even – look, I'd have rather gotten boat raced and blown out of the game than to lose a game in that fashion because, look, let's be real. The moment was supposed to be too big for Brock Purdy, not for Dak Prescott. Yeah. And the moment was just too big for him. He just yeah. couldn't do it. 
You know, now we, we should also talk about Boy Wonder, Kellen Moore. When when Tony Pollard went out, there was no adjustment Correct. made at all. I mean, that was kind of almost the, the, the nail in the coffin. I'm like, oh, damn, this is not good because Zeke is just, I won't say he's a, he's a shell of himself. He's not the same. But you didn't even try to run it. I'm thinking we ran the ball a total, and that's, that's going to be a common denominator on all these teams that lost. But I think we ran the ball a total of 13 times in the game. Dak Prescott cannot throw the ball over 30 times in a game and you have a chance to win. Well, especially if you're in a game that, what was the final score, 19-12? You're not in a blowout. No, man. And you're not getting blown out, so no. why are you throwing the ball that much? And, you see, and if you watched Frisco, they weren't getting yards on the ground in the first half, but they kept running. They kept running. And guess what? That last drive of the third quarter when they just imposed their will on us, that's yeah. when we, it, 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 it paid dividends. Yeah. It paid dividends, and that was the game. Dan Quinn did a great job defensively. I'll I, I give credit to Brock Purdy too, though, man. He just didn't get rattled because they will get they were pressuring him. He did not make the mistakes, though. Yeah, didn't make the mistake. The 49ers look unbeatable. I won't say they look unbeatable because they were beatable Saturday, but they they're strong, man. That's my pick. That's been my pick for a couple of months, so I'm not gonna back off of it. The ultimate test is gonna come this week. I think this is gonna be the this is, the, this is the Super Bowl for me. Eagles, 49ers, because now Brock Purdy, I think there's a it, the Eagles are a more well-rounded team than we are, but they can they can get it done. I think the Eagles' predicament is weird because they really haven't played a tough game with a full allotment of players, specifically Jalen Hurts, in a long time. I mean, it, the Saints game that they lost, Jalen didn't play in. The game before that, when the Cowboys beat them, Jalen didn't play in. And then Jalen played a little bit in that final game of the regular season. The first game they played against the Cowboys, though, it was a deep lead, and it, I think it was like a two-point game. Yeah, so but that was, was that was earlier in the season. I'm talking about the yeah, one that, yeah. just now. Yeah, well, I mean, when he went out with the shoulder injury, I mean, they, they, they limped into the playoffs. That's, I didn't think they would. Usually, if you're struggling going into the playoffs, it's just not good. And then the game against the Giants was barely, yeah. I mean, you know, what do you, what do you tell from yourself? You can't tell anything from that game. I mean, he blew them out. I think they'll be okay, man. They, they're, they're deep. They're kind of built. Those are two mirror images of each other. They kind of Those two teams are built almost the same exact way. Quarterback, of course, is the edge goes to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Are they, or is he going to be able to sustain the pounding? He didn't, he didn't have to do nothing against the Giants. Right. And even you could see his shoulder still bothering him because he was sliding. He's usually a, I'm going into contact. The 49ers going to punish. They're going to go as far as Jalen Hurts is going to take them. So, we'll see, man. I don't see how the Eagles do it. I, I'm surprised that the Eagles have such a good record. I'm surprised that they're the one seed in the NFC, especially since they played in a division where three of the teams were in the playoffs. So, they didn't, like, have a weak division. I just don't know how good they are, and I, I, I do know how good the 49ers are. You say the quarterback edge goes to Jalen. You're right. He is. He's the better player. I think he's probably the MVP of the season this year, but he's never been there before. He's never been in the spot where he's he's asked to be in this position to lead a team. This is kind of like his first opportunity to shine. How is he going to perform under the well, bright lights? I think he has a little experience just from being at Bama, man. Like, he was in the fire a few times. Now, granted, he got pulled out of one national championship game. But the following year, guess what? He had to come and build them out of the SEC championship game. So, I mean, it's not the same level. No, I know what you're saying. You know, as, 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 as the NFL, but he has big game, bright light experience where he had to get it done. 
and you just look at it, he just, nothing bothers him. <laughs> it's just he's just out there, man. He's a baller. I mean, Purdy's the same way though, but I mean, it, it's I just give the edge to Jalen. Yeah, point. I wonder how good Brock Purdy is. You know, I mean, I know people aren't giving him too much credit. Some of the throws he makes are pretty impressive. Some of the reads he makes are pretty impressive. Like, I'm not saying that he's the next whatever, but we've seen guys in the later rounds. Most most of your big quarterback, most of your great quarterbacks, are not coming from these big schools. They come from schools where they're not. They don't have everything kind of handed to them on a silver platter. Like if you go to Alabama, you got five stars blocking for you. You throw into five stars, and you most of the times you're throwing against other teams that don't have the same level of talent that you have. So it's very easy to do. Right. It's very easy to make those. At Iowa State, you're in the exact opposite role. So if you're able to make those throws and you kind of have the card stacked against you, does that set you up more for uh, for success? Because if you look, think about the all-time great quarterbacks. None of them really went to those big schools. They all go to go to the smaller schools where you have a little, you have a little bit of uh, a little bit working against you in order to, in order to get to that next level. So I don't know how good Brock Purdy is going to be. Obviously, he was the last player drafted in, in the draft, which means every team in the league passed on him. So nobody saw that he was worth anything. So I'm not saying that he is, but well, he has some limitations physically. I mean, he, he doesn't have the huge arm, you know, not the ideal size, but. He has great anticipation. I mean, you can look at the reads he's making. And, I mean, he, he actually prepared. I think he's different. He's just a different guy because the third-string quarterback is just running around taking stats most of the time. It looked like he has been he had been preparing to be a starter, like I'm going to play. And he's just with the right – he's just in the right situation. I say that a lot of times. You can have uh, – some of these coaches, when you get they get these quarterbacks, they try to force them – to run this system and do what I do. Just the Shanahan system, a lot of players say he doesn't really need a big-time quarterback. He just plug and play it. It's just the perfect situation. Sure. I don't know if Brock Purdy could go on any other team and, and be like, oh, Brock Purdy's that guy. Like, I, I just can't see. He couldn't go to the Texans and be, oh, I'm that guy. Right, right. You know, he, he's in the – and he's on the perfect team. Like, man, everything is just perfectly in line for him. You can look at most of the, you know, teams that win – or quarterbacks that win, they get all the credit. But in reality, the defense carried them to a couple of those championships. Or you know, they, they're very talented all around the quarterback. So I, I, I like it. I like I like watching I like watching this matchup. I think Brock the Brock Purdy factor is very interesting. Jalen Hurts factor is very interesting. I, I think it's gonna be a really good game. And the the point that I like is these are the two best teams in the league. Yes, so yeah, two best teams in the NFC. So whoever yes. wins this game is a deserving, you know, participant. In the Super Bowl. Yes. On the flip side of the AFC, I don't know if that's necessarily the case because, you know, I think a lot of people had Buffalo in the Super Bowl, especially after they came out on opening night and, and curb stomped the Rams and everybody's like, oh, we they, saw what the Rams were. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they put the league on notice <laughs> yeah. in week one. And then week two, they went and stomped the Titans. Uh, yeah. It was just like, okay, yeah. I, I think they turned out to be frauds, man. Yeah. Yeah. But we t- t- mentioned a little bit last week. We both didn't kind of think they were that good. They had something missing. As much as I hate to admit stuff like this or even say stuff like this, because I think a lot of it is the people that are around you, Joe Burrow is that guy, man. Oh, absolutely. He is that guy. And I didn't see it coming. I really didn't. And the reason why I didn't is because when you have a guy who comes back for his senior season, like like Peyton Manning did, right? Remember when Peyton Manning probably should have come out his junior year. He was going to be the number one pick if he came out his junior year, decides to come back 
for his senior year. He's the number one pick again. If Joe Burrow would have come out after his junior year, he was going to be a six-round pick. I mean, nobody, oh, yeah, yeah. nobody was talking about anything Even after his junior year. He would have gotten drafted. You know? So he comes comes back for his senior year, has this great magical season. All of a sudden, he's the number one overall pick. That doesn't happen. Usually, you know, okay, that guy's coming back for his senior season because he wants to win a championship, because for whatever reason. But you can see who that guy is. But after his junior season, we couldn't see that. Right. The senior year comes out and he does what he does and has the great season. And it was a lot of what we just talked about with Jalen Hurts. You throw in the five stars. You got five stars blocking for you. LSU's so many of those guys from that team are in the league and playing at a high level right now. So you're like, man, maybe the cards were stacked for him. But, I mean, look, Joe, man. I think the Joe Brady factor is, is downplayed so much. They want to give all the credit to Enzmingo, uh, which I'm not taking any anything away from that guy. But, look, they had the same players his junior year. They brought in Joe Brady from the Saints. They installed that Saints offense, and he sat there and studied it and studied yeah. it and studied it, and that just made him. He just knows where the ball is going before the ball is, before it snaps it. You know that that really helped him. So, no, yeah, Joe Brady. Joe, Joe Brady definitely gets a lot of credit. He should, he but does. I mean it, that's a whole nother conversation yeah, yeah, we'll get sure. into. But I, I think he get, he should get the lion's share of the credit because I mean after he left, they went right back to the scene. You know, whatever. But anyway, but getting back to Joe, Joe, Joe has, they call him Joe Cool, man. And nothing, you could have full comp. This is the difference. Dak Prescott going into a game, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Joe, Joe, we have a chance. We yeah. know we have a chance. And they just dismantled Buffalo. You could you could see that game was over after the second, the, the second series. That game was over. I mean, Buffalo had, they, they had no chance. And I don't, I don't want to take anything away from from Cincinnati. Matter of fact, I, I gotta I gotta eat some crow, you know, by them dismantling in Buffalo the way they did. Hey man, kudos to Cincinnati, you earned it. I, I still have some reservations, but you earned it. I thought they would have gotten outplayed on the line. They physically dominated both sides of the line of scrimmage, and that's you know they they had two starting offensive linemen, maybe three. So somebody got hurt in the game or something. I think they had three starting offensive linemen out, and you still you ran it right up. The, I mean, you just did whatever you wanted to. Why weren't the Bills running the football? I text you that during the game, and you it, they only ran the ball with the running back. I'm not counting Josh Allen. With the running backs, they ran the ball 11 times, man, in a snow game. And then they're throwing vertical routes into the snow. Like, you ever think about that? Like, why, if you want to throw the ball, why don't you run in a, something easier, slants, little mesh routes? But you're throwing vertical 30, 40-yard routes down the field, and they got to look up into a snowstorm? Yeah. Come on, man. It's like they had no game plan. It's like they were just calling plays to call plays. I know, you know, me and you work, what kind of watch football a little different than everybody else does. And usually the coaches and offensive coaches, they're calling plays to set up something else. You watching Buffalo, it's just like, I just got to go for the home run. Like, you know, we said it before, it's like they – Boxer with no jab. I'm just trying yeah. to knock you out every time. And I think they gotta they gotta look really hard at doing a reset. Some doing some. McDermott's been there for what seven years now. This was your year, man. Yeah. You gotta try something different. Even maybe the GM needs to be discussed. You gotta get a running game, and you can't ask Josh Allen to do it all. You know, I don't think he was even fully recovered. My, I've read a few things with that UCL injury. Yeah. Yeah. But you're asking him to do too much. Yeah, I was surprised at their drop-off, but we had kind of mentioned it last week that, you know, neither one of us really thought they were good. I was surprised that the Bengals just really took control of the game from the beginning, and 
you know, after the Bills cut it to 14-7, I started thinking, well, you know, okay, we got a game here, and it just it never it never was a game. I never felt that that they were in the game, man. It almost looked like the the the, the Monday night game. Cincinnati was like a hot knife through butter. Sure. Going. They, you could just it was like they were gonna run. Yeah, I felt like the that. Bengals were gonna win that game. Yeah, I, I man. Oh, they uh, they gotta figure it out, man. You gotta get a running game. They, they need somebody else on the other side besides uh, Diggs. Cause I mean, yeah, Gabe Davis. That was all hype from from last year. That one game he had four touchdowns. Gabe Davis is the guy. No, he's not. I mean. He's a good role player. He could be a good slot guy, but they need somebody else on the outside. And they may need to think about getting another coach in there to try to get them to that next level. I just think he may be like kind of, they've done it before. We haven't had a precedent of that. Tony Dungy had Tampa Bay on the cusp every year, every year. Guess what? They let him go. They got John Gruden in there. Bam, they win it. So maybe they need to think about a reset or something. But you can't do the same thing. Patrick Mahomes got hurt against the Jaguars. Yeah, that's huge. They're talking about, like, he, he's not even walking right now. They said he's doing okay. I mean, you know, it's all kind of rhetoric going on. But, I mean, we're talking high ankle sprain. We know how that. That's 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 a six- to eight-week injury. Claim he's going to play. I don't think he's going to be able to move. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Well, since last year, whenever the Bengals made the Super Bowl, I, I started talking so much about how this was going to be Joe Burrow's only Super Bowl last year. <laughs> I'm in trouble, man. If this man makes another Super Bowl, I'm in trouble. I'm never going to live it down. Well, I agree with you last week. I mean, they're a gritty team, though, man. As a team, I mean, they they, they follow Joe's lead. Yeah. They just, they're gritty. They never give up. They always know they have a shot. So, yeah, I I, I got to eat it, too, man. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I made, I made such a big deal about it, Joe Burrow not making another Super Bowl. No. If the very next year after I... Went on Twitter and has so many arguments with people about Joe Burrow never going to another Super Bowl. If he goes to another Super Bowl, the very next year after he goes to the first Super Bowl, I'm gonna have to hide. I'm gonna have to <laughs> put my head in the sand or something. Man, I can't. I can't show my face around Twitter. If that boy goes to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, man, you gotta eat it, bro. See, that's, that's why I don't have Twitter. <laughs> I don't I ain't on there, Twitter fan. Ain't about to catch me lagging. Twitter will get you in trouble. Yeah, man. What about? Daniel Jones, man. Yeah, he kind of fell off, and I think, I think Giants fans were like, "All right, we got our guy," and now they're like, back to where they were before that first game. Well, so. I mean, you know, look, I think you got to look at the season in totality. I can't. I don't think we should jump to, or the Giants fans should jump to a rash decision off of this one game, as they just got beat by a superior team. You know, the, the, the Giants don't have any offense. They need offensive line help terribly. They have no weapons on the outside. I mean, they won that game against Minnesota, you know, who made Daniel Jones look like the second coming of Joe Montana. Yeah. You know, 31st-ranked defense, whereas you're playing the Eagles. One telling thing I, I, I saw after the game, they asked him about, you know, Saquon, oh, I want to stay here. Uh, I'm not trying to reset the market. Daniel Jones like, ah, you know, we'll just wait and see what happens. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be here. Like, what's going on with Daniel Jones, man? Like, dude, are you serious? Yeah. Like, are you really about to try to go get that 40 when you know you're not? You know the Giants ain't giving you that. That was kind of funny. Oh, man. but if like, the, if the Giants don't give it to him, nobody's going to give it to him. He's not going to go get that on the open market. Oh, no, no. I mean, the most he'll get is going to be from the Giants. But yeah, right. it just it's kind of weird to see a player actually come out. Like, most players, like, yeah, man, I'd love to be here, you know. But he's like, ah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, come on, man. 
Like, where else are you going to go play? I don't know, man. You said you wanted to talk about Dion. Yeah, man, we never talked about Prime, man. I know we had a few discussions. I'm I'm, I'm in Prime's corner 100%. Especially uh, lately, there's a lot of hate going out there. Like, they want to see this man fail. I don't want to see him fail. I'm not... I'm not pulling for him to fail. But where, where I was when he originally signed with Colorado, what is it, where we like probably a month ago to now, mm-hmm. completely different viewpoint in, in the way I, I see him. I think it's a lot for show. It's a TV show. He's, he's filming his documentary. He's putting on a show. I don't buy it. I just don't buy the genuineness of the things that he's saying, the act that he's putting on, the the, the the things that he does as far as like we're gonna we're gonna dress a certain way, we're gonna do this. Like I just I just don't buy it. Like I don't I don't need to see that kind of stuff. And when I when I see it, I'm like I'm, I'm always in the back of my head like is this real? Is is he is he genuine or is he is he putting on a show for the for the cameras? And that, that's my only thing with, with it right now. It's like. He was doing it at Jackson State also, but it wasn't on, you know, this display as it is with, with the Power Five. Now it seems to be on display, and it's always out there, and I'm just like, I just don't buy it. I might be wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just, I'm skeptical. I'm raising an eyebrow. Every time he's out there, I'm like, every time I see the cameras, I'm like, is he is this for the show or is this real? Is he really trying to? reach these players and set an example or is he trying to make his image look good and make him make himself look good and everybody can be like oh look at coach prime and look what he's doing so that, that's kind of that's kind of where i am with I, i've kind of switched my view a little bit in the last month or so so okay i, I can respect that what runs everything now how do how do you connect to kids social media social media right so they didn't have the the same sort of re- the reason why you're seeing it now more. They didn't have the same resources at Jackson State. They have a budget for this now. So, I mean, Prime has been Prime since he came out of high school. He started. He's really the one who started the marketing. Myself, that's he's been doing this forever. He's he knows he he just knows how to do it. Now, I think if it wasn't genuine, you wouldn't have some of these coaches that he's gotten on his staff to come and work with him. I mean, we've had we've had a, a head coach step down as a head coach to come and be the OC. We have uh, somebody on the Alabama staff come to be the defensive coordinator. I think Mike Zimmers came with them. You know, I, no, I, no, no, I think no, no, no. I, I think that that's that's two different points. I think he's a genuine person. I think people want to work for him and work with him and coach with him. That's that's completely different. Like coaches aren't going to want to go there. He, he, people are attracted to him. They want to be in associated with him. They want to be involved with him. All that's real. I'm not saying that's 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 not real. I'm saying like some of the things that he, some of the videos that he puts out, some of the image stuff that he puts out, it just seems like it's 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 for the show. It seems like it's it's for the camera. It doesn't seem like it's genuine. To be fair, I don't have anything to compare it to because we're not seeing that from other coaches. We're not seeing those videos from other coaches. Maybe that's just the way it is, and maybe we're getting our first insight into how every coach's room is all across the country and it just so happens to be Dion but it sure seems like he's putting on a show like to your credit what you just said he's always been putting on a show so that's kind of his nature 
I don't think that has anything to do with coaches wanting to go over there and thinking they have a chance to win. Like, that's completely different. Like, maybe they think they have a chance to win. Maybe they think he's a good coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach or that I think he's a bad coach. I'm just saying some of the stuff that we're seeing, I'm like, nah. But it's all part of the game, man. That's all part of the game. He's playing the social media game. That's just all I see to it. He's connecting to – he's basically telling these kids and most kids they want exposure. They want attention. Hey, I got the machine right here. We're doing it. We're gonna give you the. We're gonna give you all the exposure. We'll give you all the attention. So I think it's all calculated, man. It's done for a reason. I don't think it's being boisterous or, you know, for being selfish. I, I think it's all very calculated. You know, it, it's 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 almost like selling a lifestyle. You know, I'll give you a, a, a kind of a, a mirror example. Cash Money Records. It was all about stunting and balling. Hey, man, we driving Rolls Royces. We we uh we driving Bentleys, you know I got all this jewelry. Look at that man, I got a hundred. Uh, I done spent a million dollars on my teeth. They they were selling a lifestyle. So you know, yeah, you could say, man, what, what is this? Is this genuine? No, I mean that 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 was selling a lifestyle in a brand. And that's how they built the brand. So I think just what Dion is doing, Prime Coach Prime, he's just extending onto the Prime brand and now the Colorado brand. You know, let's talk about the football aspect of this. So, well, we can we'll do that in a second. The prime brand, like at the end of the day, I don't care about the prime brand. Now, Dion cares about the prime brand, and that's fair. But I care about winning football games. Does the prime brand and everything that he's trying to do for his brand equate to winning but football games? The we'll prime, see. the we'll prime, see. the prime brand, the foundation of the prime brand is football. It's excellence on the football. That's, but that's, I guess that's where, that's what I'm saying. I don't think, I'm, I don't think it is. I think it is because he's a Hall of Famer. He wouldn't have uh, none of this would be possible we if just saw I didn't. What happened with Ed Reed? The Hall of Fame, being a Hall of Famer, don't. Yeah, well, that was different. That that's a whole nother discussion about what happened at that school. That, that's it's pretty. It's some pretty serious things. That yeah, happened. for sure. But I'm saying, like, if you're a Hall of, if, if being a Hall of Famer is yeah. the credential that you need, well, you know, Eddie George is trying to do his thing, and you know, all these Hall of Famers. Yeah, can, but we come on, man. We're not. We're talking about prime. I know he's, he's a speed special. He is special. And what we had talked about when it first happened, he's the guy that can be the catalyst for more of these guys to be able to do this. But he has to win. He has to win. Yes. Okay, so let's look. Well, we are just talking about the football. Let's look at the schedule. This, I don't know what the toughest schedule in the country is, but this could be it. I mean, he's in the Pac-12, which is not a tough conference, and yet somehow he has an extremely tough schedule. Nebraska. They got right. Matt Rule. They on the up and coming. That's a, a, a 50-50. Colorado State, they should be better than Colorado State, but that's a rivalry game. Okay, after that, let, let, let's go ahead. Let's just go okay. through the whole schedule. All right, so after, after you're out of conference, then TCU, Colorado, uh, Colorado State, Nebraska. That's your first four games. Two and two at best. Okay. Two and two. All right. Oregon, L. USC, L. Stanford, give them a W there. UCLA, L. Oregon State, L. Arizona, Maybe 50-50, Washington State, 50-50, Utah L. So Utah, UCLA, USC, Oregon, TCU, automatic five losses. I don't think you're gonna judge a success or failure after this year. Oh no! You gotta. I'm gonna look for the the major turnaround should come in 24, especially with USC and UCLA leaving. Yeah. You should have. You know, Oregon is always gonna be the toughest thing you're gonna play. 
So he should be pushing eight wins, nine, you know, really almost competing for the for the, the Pac-12 championship. Real, realistically, in like, you know, year three probably. But year two, you should be getting there. I mean, you could turn rosters around very quick now with that transfer portal. But we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Here's what I worry about with Dion is losing the desire to do what he's doing while losing games, while going five and seven. And then let's say 24 doesn't go the way you're saying it's going to go, and he goes another five five or six wins. Now you go two years after you just went to Jackson State and what, what he lost, one game the whole time he was there, he dominated, stack, kind of stacked the deck with all these players that probably shouldn't have gone to Jackson State, not shouldn't have gone, but wouldn't have gone if he wasn't there and kind of, kind of allowed himself to have – I don't want to say an easy route, but an easier route than maybe most coaches would have had there. Now you're going where the, the, the cards are not stacked for you, and you're going to lose some games. Probably more games than he's used to losing or wants to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that going to do for his motivation to keep? But he's been there before. He lost a ton of games in Atlanta with the Falcons before he went. He just became a mercenary after that. You know, you went to the you went to the 49ers. You, you helped him win one. Bam! I'm going to the Cowboys. We're going to win two over there. And then, you know, he finished off thinking, all right, he, went to, he just went took a bag. He said it. I took a bag from, from uh, Daniel Snyder. He knew he wasn't winning over there. Then he even went back and played for the Ravens. So I think at the end of the day, he, he understands what's in front of him. Now, is he going to tolerate losing? That's just not the standard they're going to set. But it's, I think he knows he's got some work to do. It's going to take a little time. But I think you're, that your point when you just made is, is making my point where he was in Atlanta losing some games and he was like I gotta get the hell out of here I don't think he want no I, I I don't know if you saw he wanted to stay but they they went to him and it was like man this is just not I don't know if they were trying to get some assets or what and then he he he, he actually thanked them after the fact because he just loved the city of Atlanta he just wanted to be in Atlanta and then he got once he got a taste of it though like okay all right let's go yeah I want me to come over here so I'm not guys like that are not content. They're not going to tolerate losing. It's just you can't get to that elite level and accept mediocrity. It's just not going to happen. So I think he'll be good, man. I, I'm rooting for him. I just don't. I don't like people piling on this heat that's coming. Like, why do you want him to feel this? Thing? I mean, I don't get it. Like, I don't. I don't understand. They got. I haven't seen any of that. Well, they got a lot of stuff going on 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 Twitter. Uh, from what I've been understanding about, man, they they they're trying to judge his total success on next year, like making a bowl game next year. That's not realistic, man. And it, it, it's just where people are looking. I mean, it's just how it is, man. He's the hottest thing out there right now, and, and people, oh, they, they love, it's just like everybody, they love to see somebody get on top, and once you're on top, man, I can't stand you. You gotta get out of here. You know what I mean? That's just how people are built. People don't want to see people, they say it, but deep down, nah, man, I just want to chop it. I think it's attention on himself more than the program. I think a lot of people that brush the wrong way. He, yeah, possibly. I mean, but I, I look at it from this point. You had the worst. Nobody's looking at it. And that program was a great program back in the 90s. Yeah. 80s, 90s. I remember it. They won a natty with it. Yeah, they did. Cordell Stewart? Rashawn Salam, all yeah, of them, yeah, one yeah. of the highest and everything. The were, yeah, I mean, you could just look at their facilities. They got some incredible facilities just to say that, man, uh, it is the worst roster in football. That's just crazy. So, yeah. I think he has to do some of the things he's doing to bring the light in. Hey, man, like, we, ne- we never knew that he was doing 
uh, documentaries at, at Jackson State that just came about after you. Yeah, y'all gonna see this thing? So it's just part of connecting to young people. That's his way of doing it. He has a unique way of doing it. Even like you know, Nick Saban has his way of doing it. Brian Kelly has his buttoned-up way of doing it. You know, hey, Brian Kelly was out there dancing with guys. Man, he looked goofy doing it, but hey, man, that's what I do. He's just a little bit more in tune with what's happening right now today. The music, the style, the fashion, all of that. It's just, I don't know. But he's got to win. That's the bottom line of anybody, regardless of who you are. You don't win, you're going to be gone. (laughs) So, yes, he has to win. But I think we have to temper the expectation of, uh, you know, immediate, man, I'm, I'm, I'm contending for to be in the playoffs. You know, you know it's not uh, So I got him at maybe five and seven would be a, a, a success. Anything over that is just, you know, some little gravy train on biscuit wheels, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know?